Okay, hello everybody. Just getting squared away here on Sports Scope. Going to talk about the college football games. Going ahead to looking back a little bit last week, but really talking about this week's games here on Sports Scope. Hey, Technobowl, good to see you, buddy. Uh, also going to have one last take on China in the NBA. Something I heard on uh, by a China expert on a show out of uh, New York City called WABC. I'll play that soundbite a little bit later. But first, hey, man, good to see you. Good to see you, Techno Bo. Okay, Kansas City, and like I say on Monday nights, I like to go to the games in more depth, per se, uh, particular stories that are, that are uh, on my mind. Uh, on Tuesdays that really stick out. And like I said from the get-go, when, when you get a quarterback in the NFL, when you're a new quarterback, uh, whether you're the number one pick or, or, or say you're, you're a, uh, a low draft pick, a six-round pick like Tom Brady, or you are a uh, number one overall pick or somewhere in between like a Dak Prescott, in this case, a Patrick Mahomes. This is my stance, and it's and, and this you can ask any NFL executive in the league that the league you will catch the lead off guard, uh, say Daniel Jones, for example. Then the league is going to get film on you, and then they're going to adjust to you. Then, how do you and the coaching staff, excuse me, everybody, my tie's falling here, adjust to the league? And that's and and that's what happened on Sunday night. This was a big deal. Kansas City was eleven point favorites coming into this game. Uh, Kansas City's got a boatload of injuries. Don't get me wrong. Eric Fisher's going to be out a few more weeks. They've got defensive line injuries. Uh, Sammy Watkins got banged up in that game. But the uh, Colts had bigger injuries. You know, NBA stupid. Inclusive of that shoot, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, techno. I'll, I'm going to get to that. I had a really good quote by uh, an expert, this guy named Patrick. Uh, he, he, is a, he is a Chinese national uh, native, uh, Gordon Chang. I'll, I'll talk about that here in a little bit. That'll be towards the end of the program. But Kansas City, uh, didn't get to see a lot of that. I was out on the date with a friend, uh, lady friend, on Sunday night. But I did look over this box score. Uh, Colts held the ball, ran the ball down their throat, and they double teamed uh, tight end Travis Kels. Now that, like I said, that's part of the league adjusting to you. Okay, uh, I know, like I said before, I know that Kansas City has a boatload of injuries, but you know, the uh, this is a stat I found out. This was on ESPN this morning. Uh, the Colts. Ironically, the Colts played 78% man coverage. Uh, yards per play dropped tremendously for two players in the league. Ironically, Deshaun Watson and ultimately, who I'm talking about now, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, 4.7 yards per cent dropped. Uh, Deshaun Watson, 3.2 yards per play dropped. This is the league adjusting to you. Like I said before, uh, 10 targets for Kels, four catches. 
And, um, you know, that and that being said, you know, the 37 to 20 uh, uh, time of possession for Kansas City. Kansas City is uh, down the 27th against the run. That was their issue last year. That was their issue last year. Of course, Patrick Mahomes is also dealing with an ankle sprain. So what do you do? Today is uh, it, it, it's October the 8th, everybody. Uh, it's a few weeks away from the trading deadline. When, when you've got an opportunity like the Chiefs does. Oh, by the way, the NFL did a executive poll. This came out today, by the way. 25 executives in the NFL were polled. One game, one quarterback to win the game. 14 votes for Tom Brady. You know who came in second? Patrick Mahomes, even with his limited starts over uh, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and uh, anybody in between. Now, me personally, with the experience factor, the fact that this guy has a Super Bowl ring, I would have took Aaron Rodgers, but Patrick Mahomes got seven. So Mahomes got a lot of pressure on him right now. But I just wanted to say that. So these guys are 27 against the run. Now, I picked them to win the Super Bowl and also made this prediction. I said at the beginning of the season, the first five games, they'll probably make it through September. And ironically, their first loss was in October, the Kansas City Chiefs. I said uh, even with uh, injuries and stuff, I think Andy Reid will be able to draw up enough plays to get this team through September, but I think the league, he will take a dip in October, he being uh, Patrick Mahomes. Then they will readjust him and Andy Reid to the league. So that that was a prediction uh, like no other. Now, my issue is they do have injuries on their defensive line. We have uh, a few teams that are going to be bottom feeders in the league. Uh, there's going to be a fire sale. There's a story now. This was uh, this was the other day. This was off 24-7. Players that are available in the um, the teams are going to be doing wholesale. Cincinnati, we've already talked about Miami. Miami's pretty much sold off everybody. The Jets are pretty much going to be selling off players. And Denver is one in four. They're going to be start selling off some players. So Kansas City's probably not going to trade within their division. Denver's not going to trade with Kansas City. But there are some good players from Cincinnati that will meet that criteria. Again, if you're an Andy Reid fan, if you're a Patrick Mahomes fan, I'm a Patrick Mahomes fan. The guy's amazing. But this is a rare opportunity. You still have Patrick Mahomes under that rookie contract. You have to take advantage of this. This is how you become a Super Bowl champ. Steve Spagnuolo. The former Jets, uh, a Giants uh, defensive coordinator, is the coordinator there. I knew they would have problems early on with their stopping the run and everything. Uh, but that does not mean that the defense will not get better. They're going to have to add some players. They've got some draft capital. They, Quite frankly, they got an influx of receivers with Miko Harmon. Tyreek Hill, by the way, is practicing this week. And you have... Um, I mean, you have uh, an influence of receivers, Demetrius Robertson. You may want to trade uh, uh, maybe Miko Hartman. You may even want to trade Tyreek Hill, even though they did sign him to an extension because you've got Miko Hartman. So these are some players, according to uh, 24-7 Sports. This is a new article. This was two days ago. So uh, Geno Atkins, 
He plays defensive tackle. You can look at him. He's on the uh, chopping block there for Cincinnati. I told you, Oz, Cincinnati is going to be the worst team in football. If not, between Miami, Cincinnati, I'm surprised Arizona got that win, but they played Cincinnati, go figure. And, of course, Washington Redskins, who've already fired their head coach, Jay Cruden. So, Geno Atkins, uh, a little long in the tooth. But uh, you've got Carlos Dunlap, good off the edge there, fast defensive pass rush. That's what they need. They need linebackers off the corner, and they need really guys that can play inside the middle, defensive tackles, um, linebackers that can play over the top of the ball, middle linebackers, outside linebackers. That is what Kansas City needs right now. They've got the defensive coordinator. Andy Reid is going to have to be aggressive, him and his GM, within the next two weeks. Listen, running backs and defensive players are the easiest players to plug and play if you're trying to make a trade in the middle of the season. Not a big fan of trying to trade a receiver or anything like that because all that takes is timing, and timing takes a while to build up in the middle of the season. But nowadays, uh, the last few years particularly, there have been a lot of player movement in the NFL of major players being traded in the middle of the season. It's almost like the NBA and Major League Baseball. It's came a long way. We are coming up on that within a few weeks. Kansas City is a major player. Kansas City, even with, even with all their injuries right now, I would still put them right there with the New England Patriots. New England Patriots have some issues. They have uh, kicker issues, and they have left tackle issues. So uh, those two are the two best teams in the league. Uh, San Francisco looks a little young. I, I would probably put Green Bay behind them as the top five right there within the NFL. Buffalo's defense is no slouch either. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the Jets, okay, 24-7 talks about Leonard Williams, former sixth overall pick, set to be an unrestricted free agent after season. Perfect trade bait, by the way. Playing on his fifth-year option, $14.2 million uh, last year on his contract. The former USC Trojan, his uh, position was already used last year when they picked up, um, oh, God, the other Williams there. From uh, Alabama, the Alabama player there. So Leonard Williams would be an ideal player to plug and play. They, they need uh, now they're going to four three, so they need defensive tackle depth. They need linebackers to push that inside. Like I said, it's a very rare opportunity. Somebody like Leonard Williams is who I'd go after. He would be a little bit more costly, but the Jets have a lot of holes all over the place. They can use the draft picks right now. Uh, like I said, Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, all those Cincinnati players would love to get out of Cincinnati, the depressed 0-5 Cincinnati team, one of the worst teams in football. And, of course, they talked about uh, Trayvon, uh, Tremaine Johnson, huge disappointment there, uh, may fit better in a better scheme. Not really uh, secondary issues are, are really the big issue for Kansas City. It's more about stopping that run, getting defensive tackles, getting linebackers, getting players that can push up the middle. Look what Joey Bosa looked like on Monday night for, uh, for San Francisco. Uh, I like what San Francisco done. They, they missed out on a player that went to uh, the Washington Redskins. Remember, he got some... Uh, had some domestic issues. They had to cut him. I'll think of his name here in a little while. 
but they did not miss on Joey Bosa. And it looks like the rest of their defensive line is coming together. And, of course, Jalen Ramsey, he, he's another defensive back. Uh, the owner's saying he don't want to trade him. And the guy, and they're, they're asking for a King's ransom, two first-round draft picks for him. Uh, and, again, like I said, uh, this is from 24-7. They're mentioning uh, players that would be involved in, in making trades, Ravens, Eagles, Chiefs, who I just now mentioned. But, yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to have to make that adjustment. Chiefs fans, I think you will make the adjustment, but you have to be aggressive in this trade market. You need to go after a guy like Leonard Williams, a Geno Atkins, uh, a Carlos Dunlap, preferably somebody to to put into the middle. They've also mentioned Drake Kirkpatrick, William Jackson as well. Uh, Cincinnati does need to do wholesale changes. They made a bad uh, hire there at um, at head coach using a quarterback coach. I'll say that at nauseum. So Cincinnati is going to be a mess. They're going back to being Cincinnati. They were before Marvin Lewis, which is really bad. But yeah, so like I said, 25 NFL executives. This is a fairly new uh, survey. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, seventh, only behind Tom Brady, seven votes. Tom Brady with 14. Out of 25, the rest went to random players, uh, uh, Russell Wilson and, and, of course, Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers was shut out of this survey, which is completely ridiculous. But, you know, like I said, this guy's got a lot of pressure on him. Andy Reid's got a lot of pressure on him. It's really that run defense. I think they will get their running game fixed, and they will eventually get healthy, but they need to be aggressive. And I say they, they need to act within the next two weeks to go out and get that run defensive taken care of. I thought that they would be able to get in between 15th and 18th. They're currently 27th. If they could get 15th to 18th, that is basically one more stop for this Kansas City Chiefs team. I'll put them against anybody in the NFL, including this New England Patriots team. You know, somebody making a good point. I want to say it was Colin Coward today. Talk about New England's defense and everybody. Who is New England really beat other than Buffalo, a team that has a better statistical defense who also may want to trade uh, some um, some of their defensive personnel as well? Now, they wouldn't mention on this, Buffalo statistically has a better defense, have played better, higher-quality teams than the Patriots. So you got to keep that in mind as well. The Patriots have played the Dolphins, the Washington Redskins, two of the absolute worst teams in the league, and I think they play the Giants on Thursday, which is going to be another bloodbath there. Like I said, a kicker's huge, and their left tackle's out. So I'm not locking in the Patriots to win another Super Bowl, everybody. But that is something you Chief fans have to keep in mind there. I think Patrick Mahomes will make that readjustment. They will get it done offensively. They do play, ironically, I guess uh, the other player who struggles against man coverage in Deshaun Watson on Sunday, I got to follow the rest of the injury report, but if the game was played right now, I would put Houston as a favorite against Kansas City. That's how uh, important this move is for the Chiefs. Houston made that play and got Lermie Tunsil. No sacks against Deshaun Watson against his five touchdowns he threw. Uh I think it had on like four or five incompletions. He had a really 
uh, practically a record-setting day. Now, I wasn't saying much against um, Atlanta, but he was really on the ball Sunday. I would put them as the favorite as of right now, but has banged up. We'll have to wait and see how that goes as the week progresses progress forward. But, uh, yeah, Kansas City definitely has to look at that and make that move. Uh, quickly going over last week, you know, I'll say this. I know the biggest game of the weekend, uh, it's probably going to be Oklahoma and Texas between, uh, Lincoln Riley and Tom Herman. Uh, I, I'll say this. A lot of people are picking Oklahoma a little bit premature. Look who Oklahoma's played. I mean, they played Kansas. They really haven't played any big, uh, high-caliber defensives yet. Uh, and, 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 and the flip side, Texas has played LSU, which is a team with NFL players all over the place, including their quarterback. is getting better and better stock going up. Uh, their quarterback, Joe Burroughs, is on a record-setting uh, pace to throw the most touchdowns at for an LSU quarterback ever. I was reading that. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But I'll, I'll do. I'll go over last week real quick, and I'll come back to that game. But that's just something I was listening to. Reggie Bush, who was going to be calling that game, uh, said that Oklahoma. He believes they should win big because of defensive injuries with Texas. I'm not so sure about that, but I'll touch back on that in a minute. You know, uh, a lot of people uh, real high on the Auburn uh, bandwagon there, saying that they're going to go down and bleed Florida. I called for Florida to get that home win last week and Dan Mullen and his staff to get that win. Like Florida, uh, really good win for Florida. Now, Florida goes on the road against LSU this week. I think uh, Auburn, who had a great uh, game prior to that against Texas A&M, I figured they would be worn out. Uh, I was very impressed with their defense. That game was a four-quarter game. That being said, Auburn got very physical with Florida. Now Florida, who did beat LSU last year, I will credit them by eight points in uh, uh, Gainesville. They got to go play at LSU. I'm calling for LSU to win that game comfortably with Joe Burrows in Baton Rouge. That's going to be a 7 o'clock game. I wouldn't say comfortably, but I think they'll get close enough to cover. I want to say that's 11-point spread there. But I'm just kind of rambling at this point. Uh, like I said, uh, Texas at uh, West Virginia last week. Sam Ellinger, good game there. 11-point road win. Tom Herman, you know, the Texas is just not getting enough love this year. People are looking at stats between Lincoln Riley and, and Jalen Hurts. And a lot of that is this week competition. I'm sorry. They beat Kansas last week. I know that. Kansas has uh, Les Miles coaching them now. He's not brought in that much talent in one year. Uh, Oklahoma's going to have to show me something. I know their defense has gotten a little bit better, but it ain't got that better. Uh, Georgia beat Tennessee. Now, Tennessee hung in there. Yeah, the Broncos. Um, I was reading there. They may be one of those teams of wholesaling, by the way. Von Miller, for what I read, is on the chopping block, by the way. Uh, but going to the college game, yeah, Tennessee hung in there for about a quarter and a half. Georgia showed why they're Georgia, 43-14. Uh, and ironically, former Georgia quarterback Justin Fields looks great for Ohio State. I said last week I thought they would cover. 
against Michigan. The closer it got to that game, I was thinking, nah, I don't know about that. But, hey, guess what? They beat them 34-10. to 10. They did cover that 20-point spread. Ohio State's the real deal. They're going to be a real player in the playoff this year, I believe. Um, if I'll say this, everybody, I do still have Georgia winning the national championship, but if Georgia, listen here, if Georgia does not win the national championship, I'll put it on one person, Justin Fields and making that move for letting Justin Fields transfer to Ohio state, uh, scrambling quarterback, very poised for a sophomore. I know Jake Fromm has done really well, took that job over as a freshman, uh, Georgia may may have very well made that mistake, but I'm going to stick by that pick right now because their depth on defense plus how well they have recruited. Love their running game. Love the offensive line. I do wish they had a little bit more creativity from an offensive perspective. And, uh, yeah, LSU beat Utah State. Quarterback from Utah State didn't really impress me that much, but Joe Burles, man, it looked like a highlight show there. Of course, I know LSU has um, a lot more athletes. Uh, called for Michigan to win that game. Thought it would be about that close, about about seven to ten points, ten to three over Iowa. Iowa just is uh, offensively inept. The defense for Michigan did look a little bit tighter. They do look better in spots. I think that Jim Harbaugh, he was a little bit more hands-on in this past game. I think that as the season goes on, great coaches. Remember Ron Rivera in the Carolina Panthers? Jim Harbaugh, I see a little bit of similarities there in their coaching style. No one's an offensive guy, one's a defensive guy. I think Jim Harbaugh is probably going to ease back in there as more, a little bit more as the season goes along. Remember, he's got a first-year offensive coordinator there adding in a new system to get this team a little bit better. I don't know how far Michigan's going to go. But that was a good win over Iowa. They looked a little bit better. Uh, they have a long way to go, but that defense has tightened up a little bit the last couple of weeks there, even though they've only played Iowa and Rutgers. Washington. Okay. Chris Peterson with a first-round pick. Jacob Eason, another guy from Georgia, lost at Stanford. So David Shaw's defense did show up. Stanford's got off of a rough start this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Shaw doesn't take a NFL job at the end of this year. I feel like now this is up to him and his family. I know that college jobs are, are less pressure, especially if you're if you're coaching at a school like a Stanford or I'm out of Nashville, uh, a school like a uh, uh, former defensive coordinator for Stanford, uh, Derek Mason. There's not as much pressure on these coaches that coach at these lower level, particularly like Ivy League level type of schools as it is for an SEC uh, powerhouse or, or an Ohio State or even a USC. But don't be surprised if David Shaw, somebody doesn't call him for the NFL. I know we've been talking about this for years, but I do feel like he's kind of hit his, uh, excuse me, everybody. He has kind of hit his, um, ceiling there at Stanford. I know uh, the Stanford uh, player, former player Christian McCaffrey is killing it in the NFL. But uh, that was a huge win for him. A very tough loss for a ranked 15th Washington Chris Peterson coach team there, uh, getting their second loss of the season. 
pretty underwhelming there for Washington. Okay, looking ahead to next week, everybody, in the college game. A lot of big games on next week, or this week, excuse me. Looking uh, very much looking forward to this. Like I said, Oklahoma, Texas, the Red River rivalry. If Oklahoma wins this game, it's going to set the tone and the momentum for NFL coaches. Uh, I can see NFL owners starting to court this uh, Lincoln Riley. And plus, this will up Jalen Hurts. This is where Jalen Hurts is really going to be tested. And uh, this is going to be a resume builder for, uh, for his Heisman bid. All, what he did up to this point, he does look good, good release, good deep ball. I get all that. But my issue, he has not played anybody, everybody. I mean, they played uh, Texas Tech and Kansas for crying out loud, just to name a few. Hold on, everybody. Let me change out my – let's see. Here, I had to restart my um, podcast there, and we'll get back to the – Okay, so going rapid fire and caught. Like I said, Oklahoma, Texas, they are 10 and a half point favorites. Oklahoma's got some injuries in their secondary. I was listening to Reggie Bush talk about that game just a few minutes before I went on the program. He was on the Colin Cowherd show today. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Texas wins this game. They won this game last year. They are major underdogs in this game. They're more battle-tested. They went toe-to-toe with the national championship caliber type of team in LSU. Uh, They got a road win at West Virginia. Oklahoma has not done nothing this year. I like Texas to win this game. I like the depth that Tom Herman and the recruiting that he's done with this team. Uh, I may be on here eating my words. And Oklahoma could cover and win by more than 10 and a half. I don't think so. I think that Texas, with their junior quarterback, with this coaching staff, will get this win done. And this will be an upset. They are ranked 11th and Oklahoma 6th come up on Saturday. Alabama, Texas A&M. I think that game is, uh, thought it was going to be a really big game coming into this season. Still like Jimbo Fisher. Obviously, I like Alabama real fast to the ball. Tua, number one projected overall pick in the draft. This is at Texas A&M. Now, I didn't see any line when I tried when I printed this out. Normally, they have a line on this game. I don't know if Vegas has came up with anything yet. Uh, The fact that Auburn really handled Texas A&M the way they did, uh, I'm going to take them a a notch down and say Alabama is probably going to win this game by 11 points, even on the road at AM. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was closer than that with Jimbo Fisher coach teams. Always seem to give Alabama a lot of havoc. Okay, Michigan State at Wisconsin. Wisconsin 10.5-point favorites. Michigan State coming off a very physical team in uh, Ohio State. Wisconsin played Kent State last week. Expect Wisconsin to play really well again at home and give this Jonathan Taylor guy another shot to pump up his Heisman resume. 
Uh, other college football games of the week. Okay, Washington State at Arizona State. Remember Arizona State? Uh, really good defensive team. Typical Herm Edwards coach team. Good running game. Good defense. Not a lot of offense. Washington State is the opposite. Loves to throw the ball around. Not the greatest team on the road. Uh, let's see. The line is dead bang even. I'll take the home team, Arizona State. Didn't see any injuries there. Uh, over um, Washington State, I do like their coach there. A little bit flaky guy, but uh, still gets it done. Okay, Notre Dame, USC. Okay, some people were saying this could be the game where Clay Helton gets fired. I don't even know if their starting quarterback is going to be back at this point. Uh, Notre Dame, 11.5. Okay, Notre Dame is playing really good football. Went down to Georgia. Pushed Georgia to one score in that game. Very physical game. Came back the next week. Played really well. I do expect Notre Dame to cover this score and beat up on USC. I don't know if I'd fire Clay Hilton after this game, but uh, there is rumors going around about that, that he could get fired at any time. Uh, Penn State, Iowa. Iowa's really bad defensive team. Penn State is only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Iowa, um, you know, like I said before, they've got a junior quarterback. They're real good at home. Remember a couple years ago, they beat Ohio State at home. So, don't be surprised if they didn't shock Penn State. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's kind of a weird line at 3.5. You got to keep an eye out that. Remember I said this uh, in that weird NFL game a couple weeks ago when I said that, um, it was kind of an odd line that that uh, Seattle was only a four-point favorite against a New Orleans team with a backup quarterback. Don't be surprised that the Saints don't go up there and beat them, and look what happened. So keep an eye on Iowa and Penn State. Iowa may come up with the upset there, even though Iowa did come off a pretty physical Michigan game last week. Okay, LSU, Florida. Like I said, LSU, Florida. I called for Florida to get the win last week against Auburn. Calling for them to get the loss this week. Auburn, Florida, very good game. Very much like an NFL game on Sunday as far as being very close. It was like a 17 to 4, uh, like a 17-13 game forever last week down in the swamp. Love Dan Mullen. Now, I'll tell you what, everybody. If Dan Mullen, I've been talking a lot about Calvin Ridley. Uh, or Lincoln Riley, excuse me, of coach of uh, Oklahoma. If Dan Mullen can go and beat LSU in LSU with this backup quarterback, LSU with all those NFL prospects, Joe Burrows, don't be surprised if Dan Mullen's name does not come up in NFL circles. I know he's had his issues down in Florida um, as far as, you know, dealing with, with these players and recruiting. He has not actually – he is such a good coach. He has not recruited really at a high level there at Florida. And, you know, I could see that being a burden on him recruiting like that. Dan Mullen took a Mississippi State team by Dak Prescott uh, all the way to the number one team in the country before taking over here a few years ago now at this point, taking over this Florida team that it has beat Miami – they beat Auburn, came back and beat a really good, at that time, a physical, hard-nosed Kentucky team. If they can knock out LSU, 
Don't be surprised if his name doesn't come up in NFL circles. There's going to be a, probably the Atlanta Falcons job is going to be available. Possibly the, the Dallas Cowboys job could be available. You know, Jerry Jones said that, you know, uh, don't bet on Jason Garrett getting fired. He said stuff like that before, and it uh, went the other way. I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati didn't pull in Arizona and fire uh, their head coach after only one year with that 0-5 start. We already know that Washington's looking for a coach. So keep an eye out for Dan Mullen of Florida for NFL uh, general managers and owners to court him if he pulls off another big win Saturday. I don't expect that. I expect Joe Burles and LSU to play really well. Night game in LSU. They play so much better at night. Plus, this team has NFL players all over the place, good uh, receivers, Joe Burrows, defensive line, offensive line. This team's better than last year's team. Only They did lose by eight last year, but that was at Gainesville. So keep that in mind. So that is the biggest games of the week. Those are my picks in the game of college football. I did want to end this show with this. Okay, there was a lot of talk yesterday um, in the last couple of days about this China thing in the NBA with Daryl Morey's tweets and comments about Hong Kong and support of Hong Kong uh, over China and uh, the backlash. And, 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 of course, really what I'm appalled about is, is just um, disgusted about, it's a better word for me, is the way that the NBA is sucking up to China during this incident, especially the woke NBA. And I tweeted out something about uh, all of a sudden Steve Kerr is claiming he has not, quote, read. He hasn't read enough about it to make a comment. Uh, and then I said, well, you know, they've been a communist country forever as a whole. I don't know why you can't. Uh, you certainly can lecture us on American politics and our president, but uh, this thing has been going on for years and years and years, and uh, now you don't have a comment. Now, I think I think you don't have a comment because NBA has a vested interest in China. But anyways, I did want to play this soundbite, everybody. Gordon Chang of, um, he wrote a book. He is a Chinese uh, China expert, wrote a book called Collapse of China. Uh, he, he is half uh, Chinese. I want to say his father is Chinese. This was today on WABC out of New York on the Bernie and Sid show. Listen up, everybody. I'll play this here for my... Still for two decades, it's Alan Iverson, who hasn't played in the NBA in over a decade. They seem to love even communist China. Americans, and I mean, I should say American NBA players, why do you think the way it is now that wouldn't sustain? Well, you know, you're, you're talking about the Chinese people, and yes, of course they love Iverson, and of course they love American basketball, but they don't drive their political system. Unfortunately, you've got Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, who is xenophobic, who is pursuing these racist policies, and um, he believes that China should be ruled and um, business should only be Chinese. As a matter of fact, it, he not only feels that, he feels that domestic Chinese private entrepreneurs have very little or no place in China. It's only state enterprises. He believes in this Maoist model of state enterprises. 
So you heard what he said. Gordon Chang, China expert, is saying that Xi Jinping, who's, by the way, only I had to look this up today. I didn't know this. He has only been in power as the ruler of China for, uh, for since 2012. Since then, they've done away with their uh, uh, term limits for the communist leader there. He's saying that uh, the Chinese, he wants to get rid of all the American businesses and all the basketball over there anyways, Gordon Chang is saying that the NBA needs to get a jump on this and pull out of China with all these shoe deals, with all these marketing deals, with all these games being played and everything. So that's a big deal right there. This could be a huge blessing in disguise uh, with Daryl Morey. And this this is turned into an international incident. I know some of the games are being canceled and all that and a lot of people are backpedaling on both sides as far as uh the commissioners saying well you know you have free speech but we don't want to get involved he's very much being a weasel on this adam silver but uh darren vervel from the action network long long time uh business reporter uh in sports put out an online poll his twitter account he's got well over a million followers uh, and he and 47 percent, which was the most, said that uh, the NBA should cut off China in the sports business. The NBA should cut off China completely. So, yeah, that's is really what I wanted to end the program with. Uh, this is a big deal, and I think it's going to eventually blossom into other things as this Bay, uh, Beijing, as this Hong Kong issue continues to escalate. I've been seeing videos on Periscope and stuff about the demonstrations for the past few months, not really paid attention to it. Not, and then and it's growing and growing and growing. Of course, we have our political issues uh, with China, our president and their president, but that's over uh, intellectual goods and trade and all that stuff. But this is uh, coming over into the basketball NBA arena. And the other voice you heard there was uh, Sid Rosenberg from the Bernie and Sid show from WABC stating that, uh, you know, all the basketball players have made a lot of money over China. Uh, Alan, he mentioned Allen Iverson, but Gordon Chang said, listen, this president is wanting to do away with this. He only wants Chinese run everything. Their own leagues. They don't want anything to do with us. We should get a jump on bringing our players out of China. Uh, that's billions of dollars. I know the owners and all that, the shoe companies, they want to uh, not do that. But you know what? Let me tell you something. South Korea, uh, Japan, the rest of Asia, it's a lot of continent there. Basketball, the NBA is a global sport came a long way since I watched my first uh, Dream Team game back in 1992. A uh, lot of great player, uh, one great player, uh, player for the Bulls, and I can't think of his name right now. He was involved. I want to say his name was Tony Krukoc, a sharpshooter, 
from three point range was discovered. Um, he was discovered during the 92 Dream Team. And also, there was a player in Germany, Dirk Nowinski, who was uh, hitting a lot of shots in uh, Scottie Pippen's face during some kind of practice scrimmage that America had. That was during the Dream Team. So, my point is NBA is a global sport. We can cut out China and, and live. It'll be a big ouch moment for owners and, and the players at first, but you got to do what's right. And plus, quite frankly, like this, like this expert I just played as somebody, those of, you, those of you just now came on the program, that uh, they're trying to weed out everybody that's non-Chinese from their markets anyways, including the NBA. Uh, he's just saying the NBA should get a jump on it. So uh, that's that's what I wanted to end the program with. And like I said, Darren Ravel from the Action Network, a very respected business reporter for many years around uh, around the nation, uh, said, uh, you know, uh, out of, uh, I want to say it was 42, 43,000, uh, votes said 47% said the NBA should cut off China in its entirety. So that's all I have for you, everybody, this evening. Again, just a quick recap Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh Andy Reid, make the adjustments now. And the Kansas City Chiefs, go out and get you some defensive players. You got the trade deadline coming up in October. This is go for it time now. Still got Kansas City winning the Super Bowl. I think they'll eventually get healthy. But it, st- it starts with making those adjustments in the run the game. And really it starts with going out there and getting some defensive players that will be available mainly from the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Jets. Just to name a few, uh, Miami, I think they pretty much traded away everybody. Maybe Buffalo, they need some offensive players uh, and some of their influx of defensive personnel on the inside. Thank you, everybody, for watching Sports Scope. Uh, if you like my program, retweet it at rbutler723. I've got this podcast out there. Just look for Sports Scope uh, podcast there. Uh, just Google that. Uh, any type of podcast link you like to listen to, it will be distributed that way. I'll personally listen to mine on the Spotify app. And, of course, on Facebook, uh, that's fa- that's the name of the Facebook page as well, the Sports Scope, spelled in that manner. Have a good night, everybody. I'll be back on tomorrow here on Sports Scope to discuss what else else is going on in the wide world of sports. Okay. Thank you, Mr.